It's fun to be inquisitive. Be nosy. Stick to your passion. Find out more for yourself. Quest is fun. Join me, Tristan Pang, on a journey of inspiration. Welcome to Youth Voices. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show. This is your host, Tristan Pang, on Planet FM 104.6. Youth Voices. Great to have your company here today. In today's show, we go on to the final part of my interview with Andrew Patterson. But first, let's dust off the Christmas lights and hang up the decorations as we look into the history and traditions of Christmas. The site History.com says that for two millennia, uh, people around the world have been observing Christmas with traditions and practices that are both religious and secular in nature. Popular customs include exchanging gifts, decorating Christmas trees, attending church, sharing meals with fans and family, and of course, waiting for Santa to arrive. So, the middle of winter has long been a time of celebration around the world. Centuries before the arrival of the man called Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest days of winter. Many people rejoiced during the winter solstice when the worst of the winter was behind them and they can look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. In Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from uh, December the 21st, the winter solstice, through to January. In recognition of the return of sun, fathers and sons would bring home large logs which they would set on fire. The people would feast until the logs burnt out, which could take as many as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. The end of December was a perfect time for celebration in most areas of Europe. At that time of year, most cattle were slaughtered so they would not have to be fed during the winter. For many, it was the only time of the year when they had a supply of fresh meat. In addition, most wine and beer made during the year was finally fermented and ready for drinking. In Germany, people honoured the pagan god Odin during the midwinter holiday, and Germans were terrified of Odin as they believed he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people, and then decided who would prosper and who would perish. Because of his presence, many people chose to stay inside. Now, in Rome, where winters were not as harsh as those in the far north, Saturnalia, a holiday in honour of Saturn, the god of agriculture, was celebrated. Beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month, Saturnalia was a hedonistic time where food and drinks were plentiful and the normal Roman social order was turned upside down. For a month, slaves would become masters. Peasants were in command of the city. Businesses and schools were closed so that everyone could just join in for the fun. Also around the time of the winter solstice, uh, Romans observed Juvenalia, a feast honouring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper class often celebrated the birthday of Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun, on the 21st December. It was believed that the infant god was born of a rock. For some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. But having said all that, is Jesus' birthday actually on the 25th? Well, History.com goes on to say that in the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday. The birth of Jesus was actually not celebrated. In the 4th century, church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention a date for the birth. Although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring, Pope Julius I chose December the 25th. It is commonly believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival first called the Feast of Nativity. The custom spread to Egypt by 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. By the end of the 8th century, the celebration of Christmas has spread all the way to Scandinavia and today 
in the Greek and Russian Orthodox churches, Christmas is celebrated 13 to 14 days after the 25th. This is because the Western churches use the Georgian calendar, while Eastern churches use the Julian, which is 13 to 14 days behind the Georgian. Both Western and Eastern churches celebrate Epiphany, or Three Kings Day, 12 days after their own respective Christmases. This is the day it is believed that the three wise men finally found Jesus in the manger. By holding Christmas at the same time as the traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chances of that Christmas would be embraced, but gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. By the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, replaced pagan religion. And that was an excerpt from History.com. Now we continue our chat with my mentor, Andrew. I started off by asking him about the impact of online education resources to him. Well, that's a good question. I, I haven't um, probably done enough myself about <laughs> <laughs> I went back about five years ago, did a master's degree, and uh, I, when I finished that, I thought I had all these great plans of, of doing, you know, more learning on a regular basis. I am a big reader. You know, I mm, do. I read yeah. a lot, um, probably probably a good hour and a half a day I'm, I'm reading. So I, I guess that's my primary learning uh, mechanism. But um, sure answer your question no I haven't sort of sat down and decided to do a <laughs> Khan Academy I remember when I visited Sal Khan and he, he when, when I first visited him in 2014 he showed me a letter which had been written by an 87 year old who said that he was determined to learn um, calculus before he died mm. uh, so, so there are people out there who and I love that story just in the last few weeks about the um, Italian guy who started university at 93 and graduated at 96 with a degree yeah. in philosophy which is an extreme Extraordinary achievement, and again, I, I think um, just to circle back to our earlier conversation, uh, really uh, inspiring to see the way uh, people just um, don't see age as being any limit exactly, by which they yeah. can do it. So, so yeah, I probably um, need to be uh, <laughs> need to sort of develop a few more plans for myself about uh, what I'm going to learn. I'm, I'm I'm always very fascinated with history, so I, I probably should um, engage a bit more in that area in the future. Yeah, yeah. So anyone, any age, any time, anywhere can yes. learn exactly what they want to. That's exactly right. And uh, and 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 you've kind of you're unlimited mm, now with exactly. with where you could go. Yeah. So Andrew, uh, we've talked a bit about kind of the academic side of education, but how, what do you think about the kind of more soft skills about time management, planning, that sort of stuff? How do you think students can develop that? Really important. And uh, this is, I think the big growth area for education is we, we know that um, businesses and employers are, are not hiring for knowledge anymore because mm, everything yeah. that we everything that the world knows is available online and we can access that what they're doing is they're hiring for for skills and talents and X factors, uh, what is it that you bring? So I, I think that's another part of the education paradigm we're going to see change a, a lot is a, a much more emphasis on, um, you know, the way that you develop these personal skill sets. I often, when I'm talking to students, I talk about, you know, having a, a toolbox that you can reach into, just like a, a builder has a toolbox with a screwdriver and a hammer and mm. um, saws and so forth. And it, you, you have all these different skills that you can adapt to. And as you mentioned, time management, motivation, um, you know, mindset, um, planning, um, you know, the way that you engage with people, uh, the way that you um, have developed critical thinking skills. I mean, these are the, um, the, the universal skills. And I know that the, um, there's a really good... Uh, a 
model that the UN um, developed uh, through one of their programs. I can't remember the exact one, but it, it talks about 16 foundational skills mm. uh, that every student should should have. And again, I think that's a really good um, model to use about uh, about thinking of all of those different skill sets that are going to be required to to make a contribution in the future. And uh, the the you know the more that you have, the 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 thing I often say to students is um, don't. Uh, focus so much on your strengths because those are things you're already good at. But you know, think about the areas that uh, that you want to improve on. Um, you know, communication skills are another one. I know that's a good good yeah. area that you know you can speak from some experience from um, where you've developed that ability to get up, um, speak in front of a group, do that confidently, um, be be quite um, at ease. For many students, that's very challenging, as we know, and yet we know that they're moving into a world where that's just an expected um, exactly. skill yeah. set that you have to be able to do. When you work, you're required to give presentations all the time. You're, you're doing a lot mm. more digital. You're doing Zoom meetings all the time. So you're having to engage um, digitally much more. So I think I think that's an area that we could put a lot more emphasis on in the future. And so it's how you find this kind of balance between uh, traditional academic learning and and the development of these foundational skill sets or 21st yeah, century skills, um, which are, which is going to be the big challenge for education going forward. Yeah, but of course, uh, uh, yeah, exactly as you say, and these skills might even help uh, develop those academics, so they should be taught as early as possible and kind of mentor students that from as young as possible to that, That's exactly these. right. One of the things that's always interesting to me is this, this concept of spillover effect. Um, so, for instance, if you uh, teach a student confidence how to, be, how to become more confident and how to get up and present in front of a class and in front of a group and not feel intimidated by that. That has a spillover effect to everything else because mm. then you start to think, well, gosh, if I can get good at speaking, maybe I could get good at maths or maybe I could get good at English. And it, it just keeps spilling over. And, and that's where uh, I, I think it, it's so important that you, can, you, you get this momentum started because once the momentum starts, it just kind of builds on itself as you go so um, I was really interested I just read uh, in the last few days the young student in the US who got up and delivered the speech at uh, Joe Biden's um, inauguration <laughs> yeah. as uh, you know taking on the, the nomination for the for, for to be, become the next president of the United States and the boy that got up was 13 had a really bad stutter um, mm. And he got up and he delivered this speech. He had to, you know, a few moments of the stutter that he got through. But he talked about the fact that Joe Biden had met him. And I didn't know this about Joe Biden, but Joe Biden had a stutter as well, too. And he, when he met the student, he said, you know, we are members of the same club. You know, we're stutterers. And, um, and, and this immediately gave this boy this kind of, um, uh, this role model, obviously, to go forward. And then he gets the privilege of, um, Speaking at, at Joe Biden's um, at the end of the end of the Democratic conference, well, what an amazing opportunity! But he had to learn to push through that skill uh, to be able to do it. But look at the opportunity! Look at the opportunity! The doors that that's going to open to him for the future um, through through just overcoming that one obstacle that was kind of holding him back. Great story. Yeah, that that's that's a really amazing story. It's something to look into, and yeah, it's about kind of giving these opportunities to the students and the students to kind of receive these opportunities to actually recognise them yep. and detect them. Yeah, and to and to realise how important they are, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and that and that, that, that really you're you know you're, we're unlimited in the way that we can change ourselves and adapt ourselves for the future. 
Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing all that insight with us, Andrew. It's been great having you on the show. So, uh, yeah, th- thanks a lot. Always a pleasure, Tristan. <laughs> All the best for, for your academic studies. So you've got a, a very busy schedule for the next couple of years ahead of you, and we'll be looking forward to hearing more about that in the future. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Andrew. And that concludes the interview. Thanks once again to Andrew for his wonderful insights. And this also concludes Youth Voices for the Year. So if you have any feedback, please email me at youthvoicesnz at gmail.com or visit my website www.questisfun.org.nz slash youthvoices. That's Q-U-E-S-T hyphen I-S hyphen fun.org.nz slash youth voices. So it's December, so let's put up those Christmas decorations and get into the holiday swing with a bit of Michael Blue Blaze. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. See you all next year in January. Have a great holiday in the summer or winter wherever you are. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Friends who are dear to us Gather near to us Once more Through the years We all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star Join me again for another exciting program next month on the first Wednesday at 2.10pm or listen anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash youthvoices or listen to the archive on my website www.questisfun.org.nz slash youthvoices. Youth Voices, 